Welcome to the Convex Conversation with me, broadcaster Helen Fospero. As January draws to a close, it's a time when well-intentioned New Year's resolutions often fade and over-ambitious goals we've enthusiastically set ourselves for healthy living start to slip. The key, though, it seems, is getting to grips with health and wellness all year round, forming good habits, yet, as I know, it's definitely easier said than done. I first met Canadian-born Rianne Stevenson during the seven years she was CEO of Cycle, running spinning studios in London. Rianne is a nutritional therapist and naturopath who gave up her high-powered role at Cycle to create Arta, naming it after the Hindi word for purpose, out of her passion to help and inspire people feel better and enjoy exercise and food. And I'm delighted to say Rianne's with me now. And congratulations are in order, Rianne. I see you've got another little girl on the way. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And yeah, I have another girl due in June. So... It's all happening. How excited. And an addiction to cheesy popcorn from your social media. I'm a popcorn fiend. And when I'm pregnant, I get to eat more of it. So that's the best part about being pregnant. So Rianne, let's look at that whole New Year diet time and exercise regime. Why do these well-intentioned New Year's resolutions rarely actually work out? From what I've seen, I think that so many of the resolutions these days are just so extreme. So you go from kind of saying, there's no rules, I'm going to eat and drink whatever I want, however I want for six weeks, right? Because the holiday celebration seems to start earlier and earlier every year. And then by the time you get to the 10th of January or whenever you're about to start your New Year's, you just feel absolutely terrible. It's gone so far that you feel you need to do something so drastic to feel better as quickly as possible that they end up being quite unrealistic, I think. So you go from kind of saying, I can eat anything to I can't eat any gluten, dairy, wheat, sugar, alcohol, chocolate, like the list goes on and on and on. And it's so restrictive. You're on a mission, aren't you, to help people create optimal health. And it's something I work really hard at, but still struggle with at times. In some ways, I sit down and think about it and think we are what we eat. We eat all our lives. And yet here I am sort of 50 something, still not really sure what I always should be eating and what's good for me and what's not. Why do we give it so little emphasis, do you think, in life? I don't know why, but I think we need to give ourselves a bit of a break here because we're never taught this, right? So, I mean, we don't know a lot about it, but that's because we're not really taught nutrition in school. We're not really taught to take care of ourselves, what it means to be physically healthy, emotionally healthy, make healthy food choices with our nutrition. So, I think we just kind of go with the media first it's really hip to be super thin and then it's really hip to have a big booty and then it's hip to be keto and then macro and we're just kind of flying around being like what is actually real and so i think one of the things i'm really passionate about is helping people to understand what are the key contributors to health how do you use those and then how do you personalize it so that you can feel the best you can for as long as possible and i think that's what we're missing which is one of the reasons why i wanted to get more into the nutrition and functional medicine side of things because is we know so much more now about fitness, which is wonderful, right? Because 10 years ago, when we were thinking about starting cycle, fitness was still very much about I've eaten badly, therefore, I must work out to punish myself. And it was kind of like a calories in calories out, I ate a cake, I have to work out for half an hour or one hour. And nobody was working out for the enjoyment of it, because it made them feel happier, because it made them feel confident, because it gave them an hour to themselves, they were all kind of like seeing it as a chore. And now we kind 
kind of need to do the same thing with nutrition, right? We need to teach people how to cook and eat really healthy and inspiring food so they love it. And so also they know that they can feel better and have less anxiety and they can sleep better and they can live. So, I mean, there's so much that needs to go into it, but hopefully we're starting to see a change now. Absolutely. And there's so much that you say there that makes me think, what a shame it isn't taught in schools. I, mean, I had cookery lessons about a million years ago and learned to make rock cakes, which really were kind of rock cakes with nothing in them that was any good. Yeah. But tell us a bit about Arta and, and what inspired you to start it and, and a whole membership organisation. So Arta is a health and nutrition brand that offers kind of at-home nutrition programs. We offer functional supplements and empowering seminars. I really wanted to start Arta mainly because of my personal passion for health. So when I was young, I was extremely sick, pretty much from the time I was five. I had sinus infections multiple times a year, respiratory infections. I had to sleep sitting up because my heartburn was so bad. I had acne. I had migraines. Like, you name it, I had it. And my mother kind of did the round. She took me to all the doctors, and each of them said there's nothing wrong. And so we kind of always got sent home saying she's okay, but we knew that I was not because I wasn't experiencing very good health. So finally, she took me to a naturopath, and this is when I was about 17, and I I found out that I had an allergy to casein, which is the protein in milk. And all I did was cut that out and kind of rebalance my system and my life transformed. I went from having migraines and horrible problems with my stomach and my immunity to feeling incredible and having so much energy and being so happy. So I really got at an early age that food can change your life. And this is something that people think is good, right? Milk is healthy, therefore it should be fine. But actually for me, for my body, for my genes, it wasn't. And it was making me sick. So that kind of started the passion I have for health. I decided to become a naturopath and nutritional therapist. And then when I moved to the UK, I started up in clinical practice. I then got the opportunity to go over to cycle, which was awesome. But what I noticed after kind of five, six years was that Although people were getting a lot fitter and they were really falling in love with movement, which was fantastic, they weren't necessarily getting healthier and they were still having the same kind of symptoms that I was having, right? So you have your acnes, your eczemas, your migraines, insomnia, you have anxiety, you have problems with your periods, the IBSs. And, and so, so many people who were fit and engaged with fitness were still having these problems. And I just thought something has got to change and we really need to start to bring the solutions to the public because there are so many things that you can do to help to treat and to prevent these things through your lifestyle, through how you eat, through what you supplement with, but we don't really know about them and it's really hard to access them. So that's kind of why I really wanted to start Arta. And you've really started it in a way that gives us all a pocket size, Rianne, really. You're there. We can get the answers to the questions and feel like we're part of a community learning all of this. I think one of the most important things when it comes to health, whether it's fitness or nutrition or just learning about something that you're suffering with, is that it's a process, right? So like we have this mindset with weight that we want to start on Monday and be thin by Friday, but actually that's, that's just not <laughs> Damn, how health is that works. not going to work? I, I know. I'm so sorry. Oh, dear. Um, I did a spin today. I won't be slim by tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. But like we're kind of taught to be quite impatient with this kind of stuff and we're thrown the quick fixes and the juice cleanses, which look, it's great to use those and see how quickly your body can change, but then it's about what next, right? If you do that, 
and then go back to hamburgers and beer and chocolate. It's not going to work. And so what people need to understand is this stuff takes time because also there's so many emotional patterns linked to how we eat, to when we eat, to why we eat, that it's not going to take you one week or two weeks or six weeks. It's going to take you, you know, one or two years. And that's not meant to sound scary. It's almost meant to sound hopeful, right? Because it's a process. Like you will try something and something won't work and the key is then to just adjust work out why and keep going but what we usually do is we try something it doesn't work and we quit and so it's all about learning so that you understand why you're doing something because also it's not very motivating for me to tell you well you shouldn't eat this it's much more motivating to say well I don't want to eat this because you know, because it doesn't make me feel good or it affects my anxiety or it makes me not sleep or it hurts my gut, right? So you need to kind of take a 360 long-term approach, I think, in order to really cultivate that lifelong health and vitality that we all really want, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, it does make sense. You've had lots of articles out this month and of course January is a natural time to come and speak to you about this kind of thing. But reading your tips in Vogue, it was music to my ears when you said, keep it simple. Yeah, A lot of people think that to be healthy, you need to have kind of a goop-esque smoothie every day with some collagen and some bone broth and maca and Himalayan buckwheat. And look, those things are all great. And I'm not saying I never have them. I do sometimes, but that's not what is required to be healthy. Like all you need to do is focus on a few fundamental things, which are kind of what is your food made up of, right? So like what is the quality? How much sugar are you eating? Are you snacking always? And how consistent can you be? And it's just about starting to build those habits and work out what the quality and consistency of your diet is like and slowly work to try to improve that, I think. And of course, we're all different, aren't we? So I was also reading about working out whether it's a savoury breakfast you like. And I like Mm. nothing better than scrambled eggs and broccoli or scrambled eggs and salad and avocado and that more savoury kind of thing. I'd rather have that than something sweeter. And it is listening to your own body that works better for me than yogurt and fruit. And so that's quite... Or oatmeal, which everyone thinks you should have, right? Like there's no better feedback than your body and how you feel. But in order to be able to get feedback, you need to kind of be in tune with that, right? So you need to be like, okay, I need to watch out to see, am I hungry at half past nine when I ate at eight? Am I headachy? Am I hangry? Am I like lacking concentration and all of these things will tell you if that breakfast suited you or not if I have porridge I'm starving an hour afterwards I don't feel great although it is in theory healthy and it is and some people can have that and feel fantastic for five hours so there's so many healthful foods that are out there but which ones suit you and which ones make you feel good and you have so much knowledge at your fingertips from years in the wellness business in clinics and so on but do you struggle sometimes Rianne you're a new mom you've got a two-year-old I think she's two now and she's almost two she's almost two (laughs) and you're a businesswoman you lead a busy life I remember seeing you in the old days always flying backwards and forwards is it difficult (laughs) even with always sprinting always with a smile though but is it difficult even when you know as much as you do from all the studying you've done to get it right because members of the family eat different things don't they it's not an easy thing to completely get right I wouldn't have thought no it's not easy but I'm not gonna lie I find the nutrition side of things quite easy 
but only because I've imprinted good habits and I know how bad I feel if I eat badly. So like when I eat a lot of sugar, I'm unhinged. I am not feeling good. I cannot cope with a crying baby. I cannot cope with a whining husband. I can't cope with lack of sleep. So I mean, for me, it's not worth it. The thing I find hardest is just the lack of time. So I used to be able to work out as much or as often as I wanted. And for me, that's my escape. I think also as a new mom, you realize sometimes you rely on working out to make up for food, right? Which we all do. So I certainly have had to be a little bit more mindful about what I eat and how much I eat because also I used to swim. And so my portion sizes were giants like I mean we ate like 5,000 calories a day no problem oh yeah I mean we swam four or five hours a day and so the hardest thing for me is to naturally just eat less because I love food and even if it's good food you can't eat 5,000 calories a day like I'm sorry if you're eating 5,000 calories of avocado it's still not good (laughs) so I tend to kind of have a harder time with that but I mean what I think is really important for people to do is just that is get to the point where they understand how much food affects their mood their energy how they feel and then that becomes a lot more motivating than oh you know my thigh feels an inch larger than it did last month right because that takes time right that takes three four five weeks to put on how you feel is giving you immediate feedback about your state right now and if you start to be aware of what you're eating and what those patterns are you can actually say like oh my gosh every time I eat this I feel like this and then you can start to experiment and that's one of the most important parts of nutrition and that's one of the things that nobody can really do except for you right so I mean I can tell you about insulin and sugar and everything but it's still up to you to kind of work out that real-time feedback. And when you do, I think it's really empowering. It then becomes, I don't want that, not I can't have that. One of the things I found really hard through pregnancy is that when I was breastfeeding, I became quite intolerant to eggs. And when I ate eggs, they gave my daughter heartburn really badly. So I cut them out. And I love eggs. I mean, they're one of my favorite foods. (laughs) And when I stopped, I was like, oh, I cannot wait to have eggs. And I made this big egg dish and I ate it. And within eight minutes, I had a migraine. So I was like, okay, well, that's weird. I've eaten eggs my whole life. That's probably just a one-off. I had eggs again a few days afterwards. I got a migraine. And actually now every single time I have eggs, I get a migraine. And so now I just don't eat eggs. And it's one of those things where it's like, because I was aware of that because I had cut them out for so long. It was so apparent that that was what caused it, that it makes the decision easy. Now, look, I'm still sad. I love eggs, but it's not worth it now. And I think that's also why I do like to have people go through an elimination style form of eating. But it's mainly because of that. It's because when you set your baseline and get really healthy and clear everything out and improve your digestion, and then you bring things back in, you can feel the change. Whereas when you do it every single day, you might just feel tired every single day or have a headache every day. You don't know what it's coming from. Like you, I absolutely love food. I love fresh produce. I love great tasting food. Mm. I don't particularly have a sweet tooth, but a bit like you, I have a passion for coffee, which I know you oh, enjoy. But I also I coffee. do enjoy my wine and I do enjoy some chocolate. And it's okay, mm. isn't it? It's okay to get a balance so we can. I want to just enjoy every day and be healthy and well and full of energy. And it's possible to do that, isn't it? 
Yeah, look, 100%. I think what people need to look at is what does balance mean, right? Because if we're looking at balance, again, as a one dimensional thing, which is kind of, you know, how much we eat versus how much we don't or how many times a week, right? So if I say, well, I only drink three times a week, and that's very balanced, because there's four times a week, I don't have alcohol. I don't think that's the full picture, right? It's if you are always upset about being tired, always upset about your weight, always upset about having hot flashes or anything else that kind of could be caused by alcohol. And yet, you're doing it a lot, then I would say that is not balanced, right? It's balanced when you feel happy, and you feel healthy, and then you do it in moderation. And then then you have the full picture, right? Because I think, again, what people forget is how much food and alcohol affects our mood and our sleep. And those are two things that are fundamental to how we experience our life. And I think that if you're only looking at, well, it's balanced because it's three out of seven instead of five, then I don't think that's the full picture. But I mean, it's absolutely okay. If you feel good and you're healthy and you have no problems, then it's completely fine. And eating well also protects us from disease too, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the fundamental thing that we have control of that can help to influence how long and well we live. And I think it's really important for people to understand that that means it's about how we eat every day, not just how we eat in January or in the month before the summer because we want to get thin for the beach, right? It's about what are we fueling our bodies with every day every week that's helping us to age well and be healthy and to help to prevent all the chronic illnesses that are mainly caused by lifestyle. And are they illnesses like Alzheimer's? Yeah, so Alzheimer's, cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, these are kind of the chronic things, certain types of cancers. These are the things that plague us that are really mostly linked to lifestyle. And I think that it's not talked about enough. Like, I mean, I remember being in a lecture hall in a course in university in second year where the professor was telling us about how this new incredible study that showed that changing your diet and exercising was more effective than metformin in the treatment of type 2 diabetes. Now, this was 20 years ago, and this still is not the norm. It takes years and years and years for us to take the knowledge and put it into the medical schools and then into clinical practice and then into the prescribing guides. And so I think that we know enough now that this stuff is a big deal. It makes a difference and we need to kind of take it a little bit into our own hands. And what is, this sounds a bit of a naive question, and I hope you don't mind me asking, but what is a naturopath? There are a lot more common in the States and Canada. So if you think of a nutritionist or nutritional therapist, they are a practitioner that that kind of give food and nutrition advice to help to improve or to influence the health of others. A naturopath is a practitioner that uses a variety of natural therapies. So we do nutritional therapy, but we also do things like acupuncture or herbal medicine. We do a lot more on the supplementation side. So it's just adding a couple more of those kind of integrated modalities. We'll talk about supplements in a moment, but you were CEO of Cycle, as I said, in the introduction when we first met. And the thing that struck me about doing your classes and those of your instructors, which I'm still addicted to, by the way, was how much I liked the whole sense of community. I looked forward, Rianne, to coming. I, and I'm not, you know, I can't run for a bus. Running's never my thing. And this is pretty full on cardio exercise. I could not wait to get to the class. Mm. I loved the whole motivation in the class, riding as a team mm-hmm. and then leaving with, you know, my hormones flowing and just feeling like I could tackle anything. Community is really important to you. And yeah. 
And it is, isn't it? It should be at the core of kind of what we do in life, really. Absolutely. It's core to our physical health. It's core to our emotional health. We all want to feel a part of something. I think it's one of the fundamental human needs. So I think trying to create positive and healthy communities is key. They've also shown a ton that the healthier your friends and your kind of immediate contacts are, the more likely you are to be healthy. So I also think that if you're just engaging with people who are more active, more engaged with trying to eat well, you're going to have a better chance of being healthy. And then, of course, the social aspect is key. I mean, I think we all felt acutely aware of how important it is throughout this COVID pandemic. But I mean, social isolation is pretty terrible for my mental health. And I think that staying in connection with positive people and just being able to interact is so important. And did the pandemic in a way, Rianne, help you come up with the idea for Arta when you were sitting at home and our lives were very different? And did that give you the mind space to think about what could you create that would be something very positive and would help an awful lot of people? Yeah, I think there were a few aspects. So I was on maternity leave at that time. So I felt very isolated. But it also gave me quite a lot of time to think. And so many people were reaching out to me and asking me what should they eat and how should they eat? Because even though I was at cycle for so long in the fitness industry, that's still the number one thing I've been asked for the last 15 years is what should I eat? I was like, wow, this is really hard. Like there's not a lot of knowledge out there. And these are people who are quite engaged in the health world, right? Because they're already going to boutique fitness. And they kind of were really confused about what was healthy they had no idea that food could affect your immunity. Then all the research started to show that the comorbidities meant that you would, were more likely to have a, a negative outcome from COVID. So people got a lot more interested in their health, but they didn't really, again, have somewhere to turn to for solid advice. And so I always knew that if I left cycle, nutrition would be the thing that I would get back into because, again, it's still such a passion of mine. And health is health. You can't kind of segment it into one thing because it takes all of it. So I started to think, you know, what would be the most useful? At the same time, I was a new mom and I was trying to think about what to cook for my baby all the time. I was trying to think about what to cook for my husband all the time because he was home all the time. (laughs) I am so exhausted about thinking about what to cook every single day. It's so boring. It takes up so much headspace that you end up falling into patterns, right? You either make the same healthy thing every single day and then you get sick of it and then you're like, I'll just have some Thai food or something. Or you just kind of order in and we don't know what's in that food. It's not as healthy. So that's where I really started to think about the membership, because even though I know everything I really could know about how to eat, I still just wanted someone to be like, make this and it will taste great and it's super healthy and it's full of phytonutrients and it's low in allergens and it's going to taste incredible. So I was like, if I want that, I'm pretty sure more people want that. And so I just started to talk with people and everyone was like, yes, please. Yes, please. So we created the membership, which gives you 365 days of meal plans with recipes, gives you shopping lists so you can follow it to a tea if you want to and you're new to it and you want to lose weight or help to treat your gut or you could be like me where 
I just need some help. I just want some help with planning. I want some help with consistency. I'm tired. I think about food always because of my baby and my husband, and I just want someone to tell me, make this, it's great. And so with that, we then also thought, well, what else would people want? And again, it's the education, it's the support, it's the forums, the check-ins, because nutritionists are fantastic, but there's quite a barrier to entry, I think, because it's expensive. I understand both sides, right? Because I've been there. I went to school for a long time. It costs a lot of money and I'd like to be paid well for my time. But at the same time, from the consumer view to pay 250 pounds for a session to just get your guidelines and maybe some advice on what supplements you should take, you still then have to go away and learn it all and practice it all and work out what I should eat, right? And I just think there's quite a barrier to getting that kind of high quality personalized nutrition advice. And that's why it really kind of culminated in the creation of Arta. I think as well, what struck me is that to join, you you can do it. Exactly. You can do it for the price of coffee every week. And you've made it very accessible. And that's a great thing to do. You should be paid well, Rianne. You've worked hard. You've studied hard. It's cost a lot of money to get there. But by creating this community, you're reaching out to a much bigger audience. And the upside for people like me is it's making it affordable to have really superb advice. Also, I think people have done really well, haven't they, on your 28-day resets. There are people out there including myself at times where I think oh my god I just wish I could lose half a stone and mm-hmm. don't really know how to do it because I already kind of eat healthily so what else can I do and that's been successful hasn't it for you the feedback from that yeah that was the first program we launched and it was incredibly successful it's only 28 days we launched it kind of this time last year at the height of the pandemic when people were really having a hard time with kind of the motivation and the structure and what they should eat. And a lot of us had gained weight because we'd been at home. And so that is a program that you you can just buy and download and it's short and sweet, right? But it works. So the membership can either be used as a follow-up or you can use that if you aren't looking to lose weight, but just want more on the educational side of things, the community support, the support from nutritionists, or you can do like a targeted short term, I need a change now. But then all I would say about that is I encourage people to then make a plan for what's next, right? And that's also why we created the membership because I was so happy with the results from the 28 day that I was like, okay, I'm done. I've done it. This is great. (laughs) And then we did a survey and we had about a thousand people who went through it and so many of them had kept it up, which I thought was awesome. But there was a lot of people who said, well, I just didn't know what I should eat ongoing. And I was like, well, why don't you just kind of eat the same way the program said that you should eat? Because you said you loved all the food. And they're like, I don't know, you didn't tell me to. So I was like, (laughs) right. But it sounds so simple, but it's like, it's so true. It's like you go to cycle all the time. But if I was like, hey, go spinning in your spinning room on your own, you'd be like, oh, no, thank you. So I was like, oh, it's so true. Like people still need to think and plan. And if you don't have it imprinted, like I do, because I did it for my education, then you need actually a lot of knowledge to understand how to balance it well and to do it consistently. And like I said, because it takes time, it's just too hard. It's so hard for people to be successful for three weeks, but then carry that success on for 20 years. Like, I mean, it's not a realistic thing. And also one thing I always wonder, Rianne, is what role do supplements play? I'm a big advocate of supplements, obviously, because I have a supplement brand. I think that supplements are very 
necessary in light of the quality of the food we eat and how we choose to live our lives. And what I mean by that is, yes, if we lived in Spain on a farm and got all of our food from our land and ate organic meat and had no stress and slept nine hours a night and like every part of our lives was perfect, then I'm I'm sure that we could absolutely get everything we need from food. But what we do is live somewhere very different. We buy packaged foods. We drink lots of alcohol. We drink a ton of coffee. We exercise. We're stressed. We push for 16 hours a day. And I think that in order to optimize health, it's really important to use supplements. The NRV, which is the nutrient reference value, I think people need to understand that that's kind of the basic requirement that we need to not be sick but it's not what we need to be optimal, right? So I think that they can be incredibly helpful, especially if you're suffering from a symptom, right? So I think it's really important, the quality that you pick, it's important that you take things that are specific for you, but I think that they can be highly additive. And things like, well, gut health is really important, isn't it? But also... Massively important. Things like magnesium as well. Why are things like magnesium so important to us? So magnesium is used in over kind of 350 enzymes in our body. It's one of the things we need for virtually everything, for our mood, for our mind, for our blood pressure, for our metabolism. But it's also used up by coffee, by exercise, by alcohol, by certain medications. So, And it's not really high in a ton of food. So even using that as an example, I might not have a deficiency that's making me ill, but if I'm anxious and I'm not sleeping well and I have kind of all these little issues that magnesium is involved in, I'm pretty sure that if I took a magnesium, it would help. And actually, magnesium is one of the, the most common mineral deficiencies. So it's about being minimal versus being optimal. Like I don't want to just get the bare requirements to just not get sick. Like that's not my truth. Like my truth is that I want to feel incredible and do a ton of stuff and be healthy for myself and for my baby and my family and like have a great life. I don't want to just like tick along. And so I think it's about the approach you have to your health, I think should be about how can you optimize it. And I think that's a really important thing. Even things like vitamin D, this is something we're finally, finally talking about. But I mean, we've been talking about it for years in terms of our bone health and kind of our hormone health. But now what we're seeing is like your vitamin D status is highly linked to your COVID outcome, right? So I mean, you might not have a deficiency, but if you're low in it, you have a higher risk of having a bad outcome. When your blood levels are over 50, you have a much more positive. It's all about outcomes, right? And how you want to feel. It's not about getting the bare minimum, or at least I I think it's not. I want to feel like you. I want to. I want that. I want that body, Rianne. And I want the energy that you have and the drive that you have, which which I'm still like striving for. And I'll, I'll, yeah, get, like it, I'll get there. It's. I feel like I'm increasing my information on a kind of daily and weekly basis. Well, the thing that I think is fantastic is that like you can always improve your health, right? So it's not like you get to a certain age and that's it. You can literally improve how you experience your life at any time. And so it's not about, oh, it's too late. I've been through menopause or whatever. I mean, how you eat can change how you feel day to day. So it's never too late to start. And I have this energy and I have a good body or whatever, but that's because of the consistency. 
and because I know what it's been like to be unwell, right? Like, I mean, I was so unwell in comparison to my friends. I felt like such a strange kid because I was always so sick and I didn't understand how they had energy at sleepovers. I would pass out at nine and they'd be up having fun until one and like people would make fun of me. And I just was like my gut problems. I was so ostracized and I just know what it's like to be unwell. So I'm thankful that I can be well and that we have the control over that. If we're lucky enough to not be born with a genetic problem, then our bodies are made to be healthy and energetic. So we just kind of need to take away the barriers that might be holding us back, I think. I had no idea, Rianne, that you went through that and it took you till you were 17 to feel well and, and not have the problems that you had as a child. But is that, I mean, obviously it's why you, partly why you went down that path, but what happened from 17 onwards? You mentioned swimming. Was that something you did at that stage of your life and got interested in? I started swimming when I was 11. And what I always found was that like my effort, so I put in so much effort and I always thought that I put in more effort than my peers. I mean, I'm sure everyone thinks that, but <laughs> the results I got were never that good. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm just not very talented or maybe I just, you know, want to be good, but, but I'm not. And I was just always kind of bummed because I was always so sore. I was exhausted. Like I couldn't really handle the schedule. I was still heavy and inflamed. I got sick all the time. So there was always big blocks where I couldn't really continue with the training. And then it was like when I fixed my health, I went from placing like 55th to second. And I was like, oh, okay, this is what it's like to be able to recover and have energy. And I was like blown away. And I think that that was one of the things that made me so passionate because I loved sports so much and I just wanted to be good. And this was the thing, this was my key that could make me really good. And so as a kid, right? Like, I mean, you, you become obsessed with sport or with your thing. And so I was so obsessed that I found it fascinating that I could kind of not change the amount of hours I trained or how much effort I put in. In fact, I put in less effort because I didn't have to try as hard and I was better and I felt better and I was happier and I had energy. And so like, for me, it was quite a transformational time because I was like, okay, if this is what it's like to be healthy, I'm going to stay healthy for sure. And so were you competitive swimming then in those days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I competitive swim until I was um, 23. There have only been a few times in my life where I felt quite unhealthy. One was when I was a kid. The second was kind of about three years into being CEO of Cycle. I burned out hard. I basically passed out one day with a fever of like 102 and I went to the hospital and they're like, you have pneumonia really badly. <laughs> so I'd had it for about six weeks, but I just kept going. I kept pushing. And I ended up being in hospital for about seven days. And after that, I just didn't really get better. So I was like fine because my sickness had gone, but I was fatigued. I didn't feel the same. I couldn't really work out. I was totally exhausted. My mind wasn't really there. Like I felt really low. And again, this is very common post-viral fatigue. So I was like, all right, if I want to continue to live the way that I want to, something has got to change. So I went away on a retreat where I just rested for 10 days and I, I did some fasting and I did some IVs and I just really took care of my health and I came back transformed. And again, that kind of gave me another hit of 
oh my gosh, our body is incredible. Like we are designed to heal ourselves if we just let it happen, right? And it's very hard to heal when you're sleeping five hours a night and you're incredibly stressed from work and you're eating packaged foods. Like, I mean, it's just not a conducive environment. And so I think it's about what are those things I've got to do to really take care of myself so that my body can heal and really kind of get back to where it should be. It's interesting you say that it wasn't as extreme as you experienced, but when people talked about the first lockdown and how dreadful it was, there was a secret part of me, Rianne, that kind of enjoyed it. And I don't say that because we're in a pandemic. Obviously, it wasn't because of that. No, of course. But it was because I stopped. And I've been freelance and moved out of home since I was 17 and, you know, stood on my own two feet and been responsible for myself all of those years. And I think it was the first time as a freelancer that suddenly everything stopped. And it was really nice to sit on the balcony Mm -hmm. in the sunshine in the afternoon. Couldn't even really read. I just wanted to sit and absorb some sunshine and warmth in my bones. And I think we are in danger. We lead such busy lives that we are in danger of burnout sometimes. And you actually now run retreats in the Pyrenees, don't you? Yes. Yeah, we do. Um, So that's how we launched. And then we kind of evolved because we launched right before the pandemic. So it wasn't the best time for travel. (laughs) Best time um, for travel. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, a lot of people went through what you went through. And even I did too. Like, I mean, I was on maternity leave. So I mean, I was very tired in some ways. But I mean, it was just nice to kind of slow down. And we fill our lives, right, with work and phone and weekends, we feel we need an escape from our work and our phones. So we make plans with friends, but it's so busy. It's so hectic, right? We, we have very little downtime. And my husband was a good example. He used to travel a ton for work and it was exhausting. And that first lockdown, it was the first time he was home for six months and he transformed. He was just healthier. He was happier. He worked out more. He slept more. And so many people wanted to reevaluate their pace of life since pandemic. And I think that's a good thing. Because if we strip that back, then we're kind of just giving a little bit more back to our bodies, which is so important to be healthy. And of course, it's so important to have a mental reset, isn't it? Not just a a physical reset. Yes, there's no separation between kind of mental health and physical health, like it's health, right? So I mean, I remember when I was a teenager, they were just saying like, stress may make you sick, like, like big headline. (laughs) And everyone was like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And now it's like, oh, yeah, 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 stress makes you sick, like 100%. And I think that when we balance our lives, like we really need to look at our fitness, we need to look at our food, and we need to look at our sleep and how we handle our minds and like, how much are we in that fight or flight mode? And how much are we actually in that rest and digest and heal mode? Because you can eat all the best things. Like, I mean, I still ate well when I burned out, but I didn't sleep and my cortisol was through the roof. So you could still get sick. Just like having good physical health or working out or having good food it's not enough you need to look at your whole picture you got to work that out like what's my balance that works for me there's some great research that has been done on lack of sleep and i think the details of this aren't completely accurate but they've looked at people 
And they've kind of taken people through a study where they only let them sleep for four or five hours a night. And by the end of a few weeks, their blood work was the same as someone with type 2 diabetes. Like, I mean, this affects our insulin, it affects our cortisol, it affects our mood. Sleep is fundamental. So it's not just food, it's sleep, it's working out. So it's all about like, what are the tweaks I can make that will make the most impact now? What? Next for you, Rhianna. I mean, obviously, you're busy running the company. You've got um, yeah. baby number two on the way. I but, think that's but, enough, to what, be honest, Helen. What else? Please. Is that <laughs> not enough? <laughs> well, look, we just, um, we just kind of relaunched Arda in the fall of this year. So what's next is really trying to build that and to kind of bring the awareness to health. I'm having another baby again, like we said. So I mean, really just trying to build the business and manage having another child (laughs) is what's next for me, fingers crossed. (laughs) But this is probably why I needed this now so that when I'm on my second maternity leave, I've got a plan that I can follow and has some help because it's hard, as you know. It certainly is. Do you know, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, Rhiannon. And I feel really inspired and motivated by what you're doing because we're all looking for that bit of help. And I think what you've done is you've made it in a very accessible bite-sized way that's really informed but it's not overwhelming and I think a lot of us have felt overwhelmed we just don't really know where to start so we kind of don't start at all I think what you're doing is fantastic and I wish you all the best with it and well thank you so much happy pregnancy and uh, and thank you for getting me on the cycle journey as well I mean that's been I will keep it up it's been a long time like it's hard so it's lovely to chat to you you've been listening to Rianne Stevenson nutritional therapist naturopath and founder of Arta. You can find out more about Arta's 360 degree approach to creating optimal health by following on socials. And who knows, maybe you'll join Rianne's growing community of people who want to live well, enjoy good health and fitness. And of course, that includes delicious food. Download and subscribe to our series at convex.podbean.com or you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Look for the Convex Conversation. I'll be back next week talking all about food provenance, actually, by British where possible and the benefits of organic produce with dairy farmer James Robinson from Strictly Farm in Cumbria. Join me then. Bye for now. 